The theme for the afternoon talk is Consciousness and the Body. It seems to me rather important that we recognize and appreciate the vast number of external influences which give shape to the way we look at life and the way we look at ourselves. And during the time of this uh, life on this earth we have absorbed a huge number of impressions and those impressions come through family of course come through education and society come through consumerism and various institutions religious and more and in this vulnerability, in this receptivity, they land on us, inside of us, right from babyhood, if not before, and they find their way inside of us to the point that we identify and it shapes our view of the world and we imagine that the view that we have is ours, it's not second hand, it's the way we see it, we sometimes imagine this is the way and believe it, it really is, and our tendency to identify very, very strongly with the view gives shape to the consciousness. It is an immense challenge to us to have the courage and quiet determination in a way to start all over again. To be extraordinarily mindful and in the talk with you this afternoon I would like just to touch upon a few examples as well uh, uh, with you. Just take one small uh, illustration here of what I mean. There is a strongly held view that our issues, our problems, our stress, our worry and anxiety will be resolved this is the meditation teacher talking so I have a little authority here will be resolved through counselling and medication one, if it's really serious, medication 
Two, if it's less serious, counselling, mindfulness, meditation, etc. And that view is being pushed upon us as one view which we very easily come to identify with and the tragedy of the view remember I'm, I work with mind and body so it's not outside the circle the tragedy of that is it excludes that much stress unhappiness and despair is coming as much from the political dynamics as much as it is from the personal. It's coming quite often from poverty, from hardship, from racism, from discriminatory uh, lifestyles, from all the oppression that goes on around people in countless ways at home and at work, and all the discriminations uh, that take place. And consciousness, that means to be a conscious human being, is to say, yes, there is a place. I have to say this sometimes, for mindfulness, for meditation, for insights, for counselling, for workshops, for retreats, and so forth. There is a place for it. But do not think for one moment the place of this is going to change the world. Do not think if everybody meditated, things would be different. Just two or three months ago in um, Thailand, they've done it for a few years now, it's quite a visual sight. One million children in a huge field, were all school children, were all meditating for peace, for harmony, for social justice. One million of them, you can see on Facebook or YouTube or whatever. So what I'm saying is, while recognising the real importance of this kind of work, uh, it is precious, it is deep, it is uh, insightful, there are immense benefits, but one also has to be a conscious human being, that's consciousness, of the external influences which give shape to the internal. They also have to be changed. We have to engage with that and not think it's all about me just changing and that's enough. It's deluded thinking and there are rather a lot of deluded Buddhists around who think this, unfortunately. So, our external and our internal world matters. In this talk with you, much as I'd love to talk about the politics, but I'm biting my lip for a moment. <laughs> but the internal I want to address as part of the exploration uh, there. And when consciousness comes to the body, uh, <coughs> There are obviously several considerations. The considerations in terms of the relationship to the body cover such areas. One important one, unmistakably important, is diet. 
We are not only concerned in these teachings about what comes out of our mouth, but we're equally concerned is what goes on the end of our fork, what goes into the mouth. And that small journey, we pick up the fork, we pick up the spoon, we use the hands, that small movement of the intention coming out of the being, moving down the arm, into the hand, and the hand goes, in this case, to the food, that distance from that food to the mouth and what is swallowed, whoa, does that have a difference, make a difference to human life? By too little, by too much, by all the propaganda there, by the dependencies, issues which arise uh, for us, by what we actually uh, uh, eat. It needs to be for us a real part of the daily life conversation because we live in a world today where the haves have too much, others have too little, and somehow in all of this we've got to bring consciousness to bear on our relationship to food, what we eat, the quantity that we eat, the communications about it, the world around us and its impact, and to really make it a completely fresh beginning. And in the tradition of these kind of practices, quite often we notice, or we hear the word from the past of renunciation. We hear the word from the past, sacrifice, which has all sorts of religious meetings, meanings. And sometimes in our meditations and in our practices, we may need to be asking ourselves, what am I willing to sacrifice to live healthily? What am I willing to renounce? Do I have the, what do I have the capacity to give up? Whatever that might be. And it has, as one aspect here, an important aspect for us because what that small journey from the fork, the spoon, the hand to the mouth, as our beloved scientists are telling us, it has such global consequence. It's not just it's not just personal. It's about animals and birds and fish and nature. It's about the loss of land and much, much more. So in a meditation retreat there is consciousness to bear and the consciousness is to look at this relationship and one aspect is diet and bless the good team here 
they uh, provide us with a, a extremely uh, healthy and a good diet and then slowly slowly it's leaning more towards the plant-based diet with a bit of encouragement a little bit of nudging and so forth and just on that just uh, for a moment or two as well with uh, seminar house uh, Engel, well, as I mentioned, all um, angels are welcome. That there has been such a transition t taking place, and I, with the centres, this happened, and sometimes in your life, your working life, your family life, whatever, a big transition takes place. So this is like like there's new parents in the place. You could put it like that, and they've inherited the tremendous work that is been done. What that means is there are many things which take place which have not yet taken place which are in process of taking place and the small request is please be patient. Why is it like this? Why do they do this? Why haven't they done this? There are many many I, I come regularly so I can probably see a lot more than you. They come re regularly so my small suggestion is, if you notice something, all sorts of things, which currently is not yet addressed fully, all sorts of things there, whether that could be in the correspondence, you didn't get a reply, whether you see a few things around here or else, my suggestion, either with Ula or myself, just put it down as a point. Because if you all tell them something, oh, I don't like this, this, why do this, why haven't you done that? Or, uh, or you write it, it will look like a lot of complaints. And there's a good team of staff here doing so much important work. So mindfulness, with the kindness that goes uh, with it, if you wish, you, you can put bullet points as much as you like and we will very kindly pass the good word over uh, there that I have asked for some suggestions which will help the good team here doing so much work on our behalf before we arrived, while we are here and when we leave. There. So if anything comes up you think oh, good for the staff to know about this it would be helpful for them. Yes, it really is helpful, but the attitude and the tone and the spirit in which it is offered is really, really important, obviously. Because it's quite a task, and it is the biggest transition in this centre for 30 years. Bear, bear it in mind. With this relationship of consciousness to the body, uh, there... Other aspects of it are equally uh, important and one of the common ones is the dealing with the stress and the pressure which sometimes gradually or slowly builds up inside the body. And clearly because consciousness, that means being conscious, 
states of mind, what you feel, what I feel, our thoughts, our mood, our states of mind, that everything with us is so intimate, it is so close together, that often our experience is registering clearly in the body. There. You know, sometimes, it, I, I find it, uh, as a very small example, it was extraordinary. Somebody says something to us. I mean, not even angrily or negatively or whatever. And let's say we have forgotten something, whatever. Or we made a mistake or whatever. And the person, she or he, points it out. And they only have to say what that is about there. And it can touch us and we can feel embarrassed to the point of one sentence that the colours of our cheek go from anemic white <laughs> and blush with redness <laughs> just because of a word that was said. Whoa, that's the intimacy of something said it touches something in the feeling life and whoa and the cheeks change colour and it's not like we can hide it <laughs> they say oh, em oh feeling embarrassed are you yeah <laughs> you are etc so this intimacy of heart mind and body as one example is very very close together if we as human beings on this earth, forget to stay on the regular basis in touch with the body's experiences, of which mindfulness of the body uh, is a clear feature of our practice here. If we neglect the body, watch out, trouble is in store. You won't get away with it. If there is so much preoccupation, it could be with the other, including being a good person, so much preoccupation with work, with getting what I want, with thought, there with things, with role, with status. We can be so like a magnet, like a magnet pulled into all of that and there is forgetfulness with neglect of the body. Watch out. A storm is brewing. Because the impressions and the feelings and the doing will accumulate and the probabil probability is that the stress inside the system, the organism, will start to build. And we start wondering, why am I so worried about such a small thing? 
Why do I get so angry over a little incident? Why can't I sleep at night? Why am I so busy? Why am I so doing so much? Why is there so much contraction in the centre of my chest? Why is there so much tension in my shoulders? And so on. So, very easily and humanly, in the day-to-day life, we are becoming more human doings than human beings. And sometimes, in the worst-case scenario, more human running after than human being, as I wrote in one of my books, more homo shoppians than homo sapiens. And we think that's the way to be. Tragic. And an aspect of that and it's one aspect, of course, is this relationship of really listening deeply and being respectful and sensitive to this called the body, called the organism, called the formation of the nature. To regularly to check in with what's taking place here. And it's not an ego trip. It's a sense of responsibility to this extraordinary event called life, called human life, called uh, the bodily formation, to really, not in an obsessive way, take notice of that. And as the text there said, one breathes in mindfully, one breathes out mindfully, one is mindful if the breath is long or short, there. And one experiences the body. And that experiencing of the body is not just, is not thinking about it, it's feeling it. It's recognising the different sensations in the body. And if in the recognition of those, the sensations of the body, you sense and notice an area where there is some contraction. It could be stomach muscles, hunching of the shoulders, um, pressure on the knees, throat, the chest, the headache, or whatever. It's not that we can make ourselves perfect, but those localities where there is some difficulty, in a way, is saying to us, please be mindful in this area. Give this area a little bit more attention. And we have the quiet power of the focus upon the location, wherever it might be, to see if we can be present and available and just relax into that painful, difficult area. And that relationship between 
the way you and I look at an area is as important as the locality. Can you follow, right? The way I look at it, the way I relate to it, is as important as that locality. And that would include you could have cancer with four or five weeks left of your life and I would still say the relationship to that cancer is as important as the cancer every time. I may not be able to do anything with this cancer. The doctors may have said to me, the oncologists may have said to me, you, you only have X number of weeks left. I may not be able to change that. But I have consciousness. And with all the fearsome challenge of it, challenge of it, I may be able to find a relationship where even with the most challenging physical experience, I can be with it. I can work with it. I can explore it. I can still be with life, even when it is diminishing. So our relationship to the event, called the bodily life, called the stress, called the headache, called the tension, our relationship really matters. And that, in the time of our uh, uh, days here, and the most common, if there is, some of you may, of course, I hope for all of you, but probably not, some of you may be sitting here, well, Christopher, I haven't got any pain, stress, tension in my life, it's just one long picnic. <laughs> it's a blessing for you, enjoy don't lose it too quickly uh, there. But others will say, oh yeah, I can relate to this. I know what some pain uh, in the body uh, may, may be. And the natural wish, this is where it requires some being conscious here again, is for any of us, like me, just, just moving right now, you see. The natural wish is when there is a lot of discomfort or tension or stress in the body, the natural wish is, I would like this to go away. You'd be slightly in cuckoo land if you didn't have that wish, wouldn't you? Oh, lovely, I can't wait to have more pain. No, no. One wishes this to go away. The wish, I would call it natural, organic, like the, like the Buddha commented in the, in the, as he got uh, uh, older, which is probably around my age, he commented on having pain in the back. And so that was the object, pain in the back, and worked with it. So I mentioned this, I remember, in India years ago, and one, uh, I think it was an osteopath, a person who works with the body and with the back, said to me, or emailed me, and said, Oh, Christopher, you mentioned that the Buddha spoke about the pain he experienced in his back. He said, 
Could you find me the location in the text, because there are about 10,000 discourses in the Buddha, where it was said? And, it, and he said, the reason is, I'm writing a book about working with back pain. And so I dug out the location of the text, so he could read it and find it for himself. The, t- the title of the book was, Even the Buddha Had Back Pain. <laughs> Quite a good title. Anyway, <laughs> so sometimes there is a location uh, uh, there. This is the mindfulness part here. If the wish for it to finish or stop becomes a desire, Buddhist word for this is tanha, a wanting, a craving to get rid of it, to stop it. This will increase the pain. That's how it is. The pressure on the body, of, I can't stay, I can't take this for a minute longer, it's too much for me, I, I, I've, got, I've got to do something. That pressure is feeding in the perception right into the locality. It's not an objective perception of the event. It's an identification, human, but identification with the pain. There's a tension inside, human enough, there's a reaction to it, and sometimes we don't realise that this desire and pressure on ourselves is inflaming the event. It isn't easy. I'm not saying for a moment. So not only do we have to look when we're experiencing the body in its difficult way at the body, but we have also equally to consider what is my relationship to it. I have the wish. Of course I have the wish. I'm human. But can the wish be rather soft, shall we say, clear, without pressure and just exploring what steps I can take. I have knee pain. I put my attention into the area of the knee. I explore the knee, underneath the knee, the sides of the knee, the epicentre of that pain uh, in the knee. I, I work with that. And from that, working with that, it may come to a point where one says, this is too much, the pain. You move. It's a privilege. Sometimes people with pain, they can move, they still have the same pain. But for most of us, we have some pain. But can we just expand out the pain horizons? Can consciousness expand out? Sometimes, coming back to food for the moment, this is extraordinary issue of a comfortable at ease relationship with this world of nutrition and sometimes you and I are hungry lovely food at 7.30 then there's a 5 hour gap then 12.30 then another 5 hour gap and then 5.30 then a hot drink etc and sometimes in the gap there's 
some sensations. The teachers have privileges. When we arrived in our room, there's a nice big bowl of fruit with the biggest apples I have ever seen in my life. I don't know where they're growing. Hopefully they're not GM crops. But anyway, uh, okay. All right. And sometimes we're hungry. There are clear sensations in the body. Unpleasant. But it could be a really helpful practice, given that we're in the privilege of knowing we will eat. A really helpful practice, just to observe these sensations called hunger. It might contribute to some solidarity with a third of the human population on this earth. We're not getting enough food every day. It might just help us to feel a bit more steady. Yes, I can experience these sensations. It might give us other kinds of sensitivities which we might miss on the full stomach. An exploration, to give you... And, and, and views and opinions may... I can give you one, one example. My grandson, uh, he's uh, 18, 18 and a half, and currently, like lots of other teenagers, taking his exams you know, at this time. Uh, and my four grandchildren, they're all um, Anglo-Caribbean. So the daughter's Anglo, and the other... And the, and the, Fathers of Caribbean, fathers plural, uh, uh, three of them, um, Caribbean uh, there. <clears throat> so my grandson goes off to college. He, as he does, he rings up his mum and said, Mum, I forgot to take my sandwiches. Could you drive over? It's about 10 minutes, to the college with, with my sandwiches, I forgot them. And my daughter, Nashona, she said to him, you forgot them this week. You forgot your sandwiches last week and you forgot them the week before. <laughs> so I'm not coming over. You can just go round to the local corner shop and buy yourself something so my grandson, he was, uh, wasn't being serious, he was laughing when he said it. I thought it, I thought it was rather sharp. He was laughing when he said it. He said to his mum, the trouble is with you white people. You don't care if we blacks go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Wicked. Wicked. <laughs> sharp though, I thought, yeah, yeah, very much sharp. <laughs> And sometimes, because he's a kind of youngster, he get in these one-liners with his mum, and me too as well, actually, uh, there. But so just sometimes, as, as I mentioned there, a, a practice of, here's the body and condition. Can I just learn to explore and feel it, it, it through? Can I make some 
modest changes in my life. Uh, yeah. And another area, again, earlier in the instructions today, that I've spoken to you about, is these four postures. And they genuinely, genuinely are important for health, for integration, and for and for well well-being. Not that you and I become uh, rigid uh, uh, about it, but we see as human beings that our life is spent much of the time between sitting, standing, walking, and reclining, and sometimes in between those. From just changing the posture to um, uh, yoga and dance and and forms of uh, exercise and much much more. But spirituality is making a connection with, in this case, one aspect with the life form there and. One important aspect of that is, in a way, rather sitting tall as human beings. And sometimes we know that if we're a bit low, if we're a bit down, life is a bit heavy on us for all the reasons that it can be. The weight in, on the consciousness, it weighs on the consciousness and the emotional or psychological weight can then begin to weigh on the body. It weigh, we say that, we, it weighs me down, this unresolved issue. It makes me, I really feel low. I'm really feeling down. I feel it's just too much. And the body kind of starts to shrink in size there. And sometimes, not as, an, as a resolution, not as an answer, Sometimes we're feeling a bit low with the circumstance and we just straighten up the whole body. We really sit tall in the being. And sometimes the simple sitting tall, facing this life, facing this difficult, with sitting tall, changes the way of the looking, just by the change of the posture. Sometimes we have something on our mind I remember when I was a, a monk, this monk in this case in Thailand, and something was weighing on the mind. Actually, it was, it was weighing on the heart um, because I was in a monastery with um, monks and nuns, and uh, one well, many of them were just. <laughs> Angels, <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm a young guy. I'm in my mid twenty, mid my, 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 my mid twenties. Uh, and one of the uh, nuns was just glorious. And and when you're close together in the same monastery seven days a week, it's not like you got home to go to and get some breathing space. <laughs> yeah, you're there. So, using as an example, that I remember in that time, using the walking meditation, because the thought, ar- thought arose, 
I need a break from this monastery, I'll go to another monastery, I'll go somewhere else, uh, uh, etc. Too much romantic thought going on in the mind, la-di-da-di-da. This goes on in retreats, by the way, it's a warning. <laughs> and, and so the intention was just to keep walking up and down, slowly and mindfully, step by step, up and down, you know, from here to here, and the, the, the circle walking we did as monks, <clears throat> things like that, to see if it's possible to literally walk through the mood, walk through the imagination, walk through the attraction uh, there, and to kind of walk through it, to find that sense of being at ease with appreciation for her and for the monastery and, and, and so forth. And, the, and sometimes that walking up and down and there is a moment of transition and one knows one's walked out of it. Same in rather, uh, uh, I'm not sure if it's a good parallel, but it's a parallel, sort of. I remember decades ago, and I had it more a few years ago as well, deciding not to have any tea, sorry, another way around, not to have any sugar in the tea. Right. And day after day, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm English, you know, we, 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 yeah, cup of tea, you know, whenever there's a crisis in the house, the first thing anybody says is, put the kettle on. You know, it's, it's the only therapy we've got. Uh, and so, for day after day, as soon as I tasted the tea, oh God, the sugar. I need the sugar. And then, and then there you go. And I need it. Where's the sugar? I missed it every single time. One cup a day, two cups a day. Still missing sugar. And then there was one moment, yeah, this is a good cup of tea. And the taste and the habit, years, decades of it, had gone. And the, the change from what it was, missing something, oh, it's gone. And sometimes we need that quiet commitment and dedication to we know small things and sometimes the big issues of life we have moved on from. When it comes to the, the body the sense of the identity that's the I or if you Freudian terms id <clears throat> the I making an entity of this is mine. This is me. This is who I am. This is a strong identity. This identity doesn't have any truth in it. It's what we've been told. It's what we think. It's what we feel. It's what we view. It's the way we interpret. And we're completely convinced about it. And that conviction... I am the body, this is who I am, or an aspect of who I am, this is mine, has been repeated so much that it gets in the way of a radically fresh 
way of relating. And an aspect of that fresh way of relating is rather than I am the body, with all the fear, all the worry, I am getting old, I am sick, I have got so much stress in my body, I am going to die, all of that goes with the identity. Can there be, as an exploration, as a relationship, that consciousness is not looking at the body in I and my terms. That I and my, not making that the centre, and therefore consciousness is appreciating and recognising the body for what it is. Elements. Organic life. Nature. Biology. An expression of evolution. A presentation in existence. In which there is no rejection of it whatsoever. There is no... I don't like myself physically, I, or I'm not as beautiful or handsome as she or he, or I am better than he or her for whatever views. All that's that world of I and my brutal competitiveness, envy, jealousy around physical matters. That's that, that, that's what that. And rather than that, seeing the body with respect, with care, with love, with sensitivity, with giving it support in the ways I've spoken to you, diet, posture, exercise, presence, attention, that's all love. Giving it all of that, connecting with that as part of a caring life and knowing this formation here, this life here, it, not mine, it belongs to nature. It emerged from nature. I did not ask to be born male or female or short or fat or tall or thin. Or, but this, this, the nature has generated. It comes from nature. It stays in the nature. It returns to nature. And we as conscious human beings have an extraordinary capacity to really care for this expression of nature and know this is where it comes from. It's not me, it is not myself, it is not who I am. And that understanding deepened with us so that we really have a caring relationship to the body and not an, a reactive one, not a possessive one, not a, a fearful one. Not to worry about the future of it. And, then, and getting that calm and clarity, I think, is part of a, um, a mature human relationship to this physical. And it's radically different from the messages which are being told to us. Radically different. Personally, I prefer the radically different. <laughs> All right, let's have a quiet minute together, shall we? <clears throat>
may all beings live a conscious life. May all beings live mindfully in relationship to bodily life. May all beings live with wisdom. <laughs>